This podcast is brought to you by Good Episode Productions. And it's not like just anyone can say that. Tyler okay, is just telling Sick. me it's April Fool's Day. I have heard that. What kind of a made-up holiday is that? <laughs> Some Twitter bullshit, probably. Uh, yeah, it's one of those just like happiness day or whatever. Like, yeah. fool? Who's a fool? It's a day for fools. It's not actually like a prank day. It's just a day where we celebrate I um, wish. fools. <laughs> that would I be wish. better. That would um, be, what's the history of this? It says... It says it goes back to Chaucer? Mm, that's not fucking Chaucer. true. <laughs> it says a disputed association, this is Wikipedia, between April the 1st and Foolishness is Geoffrey Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales, 1392. <laughs> oh, I non- do you remember? I'd forgotten, because there's that bit in The Canterbury Tales where Chanticleer comes out and he's like, cock, cock, I'm a cockerel, and then he like pants yeah. his, um, I don't know, <laughs> whoever so the funny. fuck else is in that story. Wait, Robin, you've read you've read the Canterbury Tales? No, I just the Canterbury I only Tales. know the Chanticleer one because in year four in school, um, we did a musical about cockerels. Um, and it was like his name is Chanticleer. What a handsome fellow! <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> See the rooster strutting proudly in the yard. <laughs> Damn, that's stuck in your brain. It, it really is. Incredible. I, Impressive. I had a phase in my life where i was like yes i will read the canterbury tales but then i never got around to it um so damn apparently people got tricked to go to the tower of london on april 1st 1698 to see lions being washed but there were no lions <laughs> what a joke <laughs> or at least they weren't being washed I didn't you don't even wash the lions they wash mm. themselves with their big tongues that's the joke of lions <laughs> in 1561 <laughs> flemish poet Edward then wrote of a nobleman who sent his servants on foolish errands on April the 1st. Now, I think that's justification for a genuine peasant revolt. If you were a fucking, like, (laughs) serf in, like, medieval Belgium, and then some Flemish prick tells you to go and, like, (laughs) buy some striped paint, and you go and do it because Mm -hmm. no one has any reading comprehension and there's no education... And then you c- yeah. and then you find out there's no such thing as striped paint that you can behead them legally. I think. Yeah. What if you just brought back striped paint that you just like poured more paint into it and like swirled it around and you were like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> striped striped paint is is real. It's the uh, it's the what you what you really don't want to be sent off for is the holes for the nails when you're building something. <laughs> mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but but like truly, I went into uh, to like the funny play that. I'm I'm extra in and the, the big fear I had like all day was what if I'm gonna get April Fools pranked uh, mm-hmm. in like a workplace situation. Just, um, I think you can take I just a assume nothing is real. I just assume I had a job interview today and I just assumed it was a prank oh. and it might have been. Who knows? <laughs> Ooh, what was that for? Uh, some bullshit. I'm not gonna <laughs> take it because I can't be bothered to commute to Bristol for like a month. But <laughs> it was for like jewelry sales, like basically calling people and like m- talking to clients about jewelry. I don't know. I'm not even qualified. I don't know why they put me for it. <laughs> Get some. They saw all your jewelry, and they yeah, were, they were like, um, "Damn, you're so cool." Um, this person has has some jewelry. Mm-hmm. I always wonder about that. the people you have to call in those jobs and say like, "Hey, you're a up and coming." woman about town have you ever considered owning one of our necklaces 
No? Mm-hmm. Okay, have a nice no. day. Okay, bye then. <laughs> if they say that they don't have a neck and then you're like, oh shit, I've, I've committed a faux pas. They're probably really subconscious about the fact they don't along, have a neck. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry, I only wear this nice green ribbon around my neck and I can uh, never take it off. Ooh. Uh, but why can't you take it off? Please take it off and show me. Oh, I can't. I can only show you on my dying day. <laughs> and that woman's name was Anne Boleyn. <laughs> Well, apparently, here, do you want to say, hear something very good? Please. Uh, apparently, the sitcom Roseanne uh, by Rose. Oh, my favorite. Uh, had a um, uh, episode called April Fool's Day, but it was actually about April fifteenth, which is their tax day. Oh. She was like, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> that hurts." Very funny. Because, Epic. Because then the viewer is fooled. The the, the real <laughs> fool is you, the viewer. You think it's gonna be about April the first, but it's about tax day. <laughs> we're talking a lot about April Fools considering although we're recording this on April Fools we have just posted an April Fools episode that we did record specifically for the 1st of April yeah which by the way um, got him got you <laughs> oh it's not even a wow. real Ratchet adaption did you did you get it I, the, the joke the were joke of fooled? who watches the watch rude I mean yeah that is I'm a little bit upset because I, I guess this might have been like a lack of internal communication on our parts but the Mm-hmm. It was just a normal episode, I thought. I, I watched <laughs> that movie thinking that it's a Terry Pratchett movie. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I Oh, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry, Anna. <laughs> I didn't realize. Um, I guess you were the, the April Fool. Who watches the watch? Come. It's <laughs> <laughs> the joke. Um, Jesus Christ. Okay, let's, let's slide in. Let's just gently. jump right into it. Let's just jump in. Another Discworld novel, which once again features one of the more familiar characters of the Discworld, Samuel Vines. Mm-hmm. Sam Vines. Uh, he most decidedly doesn't save the world. What he does do is give the world time to save itself, which is very much more of a, a Discworld way of doing things. Sam Vines is not gifted with a huge intellect. It's absolutely right for Sam Vines and dwarves and vampires. Discworld way of doing things. Vines finds himself in the same circumstances. Can I really trust you? I've trusted you up till now. Discworld way of doing things. Uh, hello and welcome to Watches the Watch. Uh, a podcast about Discworld, the world of the disc, where we watch and re- read Discworld content, <laughs> and then we talk about it in a way that's very concise and analyzable. Um, and also, the real fools of April are us, as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm your host, Chaz, and I am both unemployable and unenjoyable. Uh, as that's untrue. true. <laughs> April Fools, you got us, you enjoyable little scout. Uh, okay. <laughs> Actually, your... my mother always told me that if you if you if you did your April Fools after midday, then you were the fool. Mm. What? Do any April mm. Fools? You're the fool. Anyway, I'm yeah. your host, Robin, and I am a proud and and cow carrying member of the National Rifle Association. <laughs> 
Come and um, take it, liberals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Janosch, and I'm taller than I look. <laughs> oh, I'm your host, George, and uh, I'm a bit distracted in this episode because I've been working on a burlesque routine based on the Syrian civil war. <laughs> It involves me firing a PKM belt-fed machine gun until the bandolier is to finally pulled off, revealing my ball. Okay. God. Have I, have I ever told or posted uh, about the My Brother, My Brother and Me burlesque show here that costs like... I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Those aren't words that should go together. You can't oh just God. say the no, My Brother, My Brother real. and Me burlesque show. What the fuck? <laughs> You can't convince me that's real. <laughs> it's real. It was called My Burlesque, My Burlesque and Me, and it was like a Zoom show, so you had to pay like $10 of entry to oh my see God. it. Look, I don't want to see Travis McElroy or no, 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 they're not McElroy's. They weren't... Who, uh, whose names I forget. They weren't involved. With it's like a fan oh. project. It's, that's, even, oh, mm. that's even worse. Yeah. I'm, Somehow, I'm, maybe. I have the uh, press announcement here. Um... D20 Burlesque presents my burlesque, my burlesque, and me. This happened Deep. on just a week ago, last Friday. Oh, wow, okay. Um, oh. A virtual tribute show, $15 entry for the live stream, mm-hmm. $8 yeah. to watch the VOD. Uh, wow. And it says, uh, once a New York City-only live show, now it's coming, uh, D20 Burlesque's beloved charity fundraising, McElroy-themed burlesque show is coming to you this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, it's 20 big dog run and we are, I guess that's the bim bam joke, we are excited to bring back our McElroy tribute show. Um, this live stream show will be chock full of good, good goofs, performances, and a raffle. Mm-hmm. Drawing inspiration from the McElroy podcast TV show and just them in general, you'll be sure to have a good time. This show will include a mix of burlesque, dance, drag, and circus arts performances. Listen, <clears throat> I don't, I know that we have a lot of fun here on Who Watches Who Watch, <laughs> but I think we oh have to seriously God, consider the question Has podcasting gone too far? It has. That's pigs. <laughs> yes. There's pics from like the previous shows and it includes someone in Taco Adventure Zone cosplay stripping, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, Listen, you can do what you want, but just don't do that. <laughs> you can do you it's up to you to make your own choices, but like sometimes they're wrong will, and you shouldn't. <laughs> I will pay them eight dollars to for them to delete it from the internet. That being said, if you do a who watches the watch burlesque, then I will cheer Don't. for you. Um no you got it. No, the official the official line of this podcast on burlesque is it's stripping for the pretentious. Uh-huh. It's like just strip. Yeah. Just just take take your clothes off instead. Take no, your clothes off. Don't make a song and dance out of it. Oh, I will say, oh, I do think that the movie Burlesque featuring Christina Aguilera and Cher is a cinematic masterpiece. Yes, but no, that movie fine. is done by people who have probably never actually seen Burlesque like that. Yeah. <laughs> or, or at least from the... Oh my God. The, it does include the same person who also did the Mountain Goats Burlesque and the Night I figured burlesque. it did. Yeah. How do you do a mountain goat's burlesque? Their music is, I think, probably the opposite of burlesque. It's really (laughs) funny because, like, the set list included uh, 
the mountain gods cover of uh i will survive which he did like once at a live show and there's only a bootleg of it but they were like so desperate to find like something that is trippable <laughs> I am trying to imagine a striptease to no children by the mountain goats and like some very beautiful lady with like 20s hair and some like feather, giant feather fans covering herself as mm. while John Danielle sings, I hope you die. I hope we both die. <laughs> like, oh, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, it sounds good. I have sounds posted like, the, uh, the set list for this a while ago and it included such hits such as... Um, Strip puppetry to sex Roman number one. That's so funny. <laughs> or my favorite uh, term, reverse strip, <laughs> which I guess is someone putting that's, that's, that's what the trolls. That's what the trolls do in Terry Pratchett. They put clothes on. It's reverse stripping. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Anyway. This, this isn't um, <laughs> burlesque review podcast. This this isn't let's bitch about people's bad choices. I mean, it kind of is, but like... It just does kind of seem to me that burlesque is really done just by like the biggest weeps. Like, it, it's... <laughs> it's stripping for knobs, I told you this. <laughs> oh, my whetstone broke. <laughs> Were you sharpening a knife? <laughs> no, it was in my wallet. I just got it out. Okay. It's in two pieces. <laughs> This is a podcast hosted by people who are very normal and nothing like a burlesque person. Um, How many knives do you have near you at this moment? I have one. Two. None. <laughs> I, got th- I got three. Okay. All right, you win. You win. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm George. I've got three Whoa. knives. Oh, check me out. He <laughs> is a man with three knives. <laughs> Just like the, the knife sculpture in London, which is the guy made out of knives. That's George right now. Um <laughs> It's about how it's really cool to have a knife. Yeah, that's what that sculpture said to me. It was like, damn, look at these cool knives. <laughs> the sculpture says, as, as Sadiq Khan, Mayor of London, famously said, there is never any reason, reason not to carry a knife. Oh, shit. Um, okay. We're in Sadiq Khan <laughs> handing out knives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sadiq Khan's free knife program. It's like Boris bikes, Just but throwing, it's knives. Um, throwing knives. I have a scissor on my table. Does that count? That's like I mean, two knives in stand. one, but you have to. It's <laughs> yeah. a it's a tough it's a tough get. You know what are you cutting? That's that's uh, that's pure like British police are posting online about their like their uh, elaborate criminal uh, stings where they like arrest someone and they've got like a pair of scissors in their backpack and they'll like post yeah. a picture like we've uh, apprehended these uh, very dangerous instruments from a member of the public. <laughs> There's two grams of weed here. We caught this dangerous criminal. Um. Yeah, and then like twelve year olds dunk on them in the comments. It's really funny. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Great. Okay, so this week we read the first third of Men at Arms. Um, so it's kind of you know full full circle to the beginning of this podcast, which is exciting. Damn, what mm-hmm. a journey! What a journey! We're all completely different people. Uh, you know, we have different <laughs> names, we have different lifestyles, we have different mental illnesses. It's been an entire like <laughs> span of time <laughs> since then. Um, it's very true. Three now, can you believe it? It's season three. Damn. I mean, the equivalent of like, you know, if you like suck on a boiled sweet for a really long time and then, Mm. (laughs) and then it gets like almost pointy at one end. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's almost entirely gone. It's just like this little sliver. Yeah. And then you accidentally suck too hard and you swallow it and then it gets lodged in your throat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when you get a novelty soap and it's like in the shape of something 
but yeah. then the more you use yeah. it the more it smooths down until it's just sort of like a lumpy like yes you know it, it's no longer this recognizable is, as what it once was i can uh, i can follow much more than the previous one which i still don't understand okay. what it was okay well that, that's me i'm the soap i've been time <laughs> has like taken away all my features and now i'm just a sort of lumpy like you know it's still useful but like what is it you're like um, seeing glass <laughs> Yeah, when you leave jelly babies in a bag in like a, in like a hot day. Yeah, and they that's this podcast. <laughs> we're sort of with uh, the, the, the jelly babies. With a melted jar of sex toys. Do you guys remember? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> shout out to Lucia for sending us that. <laughs> <laughs> Any? Oh god. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's been a whole journey since we last were gonna talk about men at arms. Um, it, it, cops are fine so now. Good. They weren't back then, but now they are. Now cops are fine. Yeah, um, we yeah, love the police. It's a good time in the <laughs> Nothing's UK. Happened for the you, nothing has happened, especially not in the UK, and especially not in no. the hometown of one of the hosts. No, and mm. there haven't been two news items today related to the police. Well, no. I know for one that I'm sorry for this, Yanov. Um, I know for one that um, the Labour Party has put out a tweet today that says um, violent crime is Jeremy up Corbyn. and the number of suspects charged is down. Under the Conservatives, criminals have never had it so good. Mm. Cool. Criminals. The Conservatives are doing accelerationism. <laughs> the, the Tories are doing like anti-police accelerationism by just like cutting all their funding. So in a way, it's like, you know, maybe they're comrades. <laughs> so Keir Starmer sat in his basement like... Um, after he's been murdering people, like in Silence of the Lambs, and he puts on this Tony Blair mask and goes, would you elect me? <laughs> God damn you know, it. I just can't imagine um, being horny for characters played by the McElroy brothers, like going <laughs> and paying money for that. Let's um, talk about Men at Arms. So... I'm going to get an Asbo anyway. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, they're kind of going to try and bring back Asbos. I was trying to... Okay, this is just a brief aside. Back what? I was... <laughs> Asbos, so anti-social, beha- anti-social behavior orders was this thing in like Blairite Britain. Yeah. Where if you wore a hoodie and stood on the street, you could be charged for it. Yeah. It was just yeah. like, if you're, if you're being annoying in public, then we can give you like a criminal record for it. Um, yeah. If you were, if you were like, it ranged from like people being like a, a bit of a cunt to people just sort of hanging around and being young and ethnic minorities. They just really hated teenagers in that particular period. <laughs> it's really deranged. I was explaining about I was talking about on Twitter how they put up like like really, really high pitched alarms in shops so that mm. teenagers would be scared away by like the high pitched noise. Mm-hmm. Um, Mosquito. Yeah. Just because they just didn't want teenagers going into shops. It was well, really they, weird. So Bristol's maximum security prison has one of those around the walls on the outside. And this this prison is like um just off the like main high street near where I live. Mm. Um doxing myself slightly. Anyway, um there's a there's a primary school right next to it. So mm-hmm. they have like this giant supermax prison with this like high pitched whining noise, and then a school full of children who can probably hear it at all hours of the day. I, for what? <laughs> Who's hanging around we've got, outside we've got the, the child? The child torture gun. Yeah. You put up a child torture gun if you had one. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking weird. Okay. Um, Blair, the Blairite Blair years were weird. They're so 
fucking deranged. I don't remember them, but like, they're very weird. (laughs) (sighs) It was so normal back then, but you look back and you're like, what the fuck? Um, Why was this a priority, anyway? Men at arms. Um, Please, I'm dying. (laughs) This is... So, (laughs) men's... Look. Men's arms. Yeah, go on. The arms of the arms of legs. I got two of them. Okay. Um, so this book, it's a watch book, um, as no doubt you either remember. I mean you might not, you might not know. Um, it opens with um this guy, Edward Deeth. Death. Death. Deeth. Death. Death. Who's he's kind of sad because well, he's very sad because, you know, he's having a funeral and his family is like they're gentry but they've been brought low they don't have any money they're in debt and he's like i'm gonna be bitter and i'm gonna get all weird about it and i'm gonna (laughs) do something dramatic he's you know he's got the shooter brain um logs onto 4chan yeah there was a bit like that where it was like sort of certain people who stay indoors and then i become isolated end up in this sort of like mentality and i was like oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah, familiar none of us would stay indoors and become isolated (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Ice- Wait, well, we're not isolated because I'm talking to you right now. Yeah, and meanwhile, Vimes is retiring from the watch because he is getting married, and that's what you do. You get married, you retire from the night watch, you settle down. He's now super rich because he's got sort of Lady Sybil's estate, and she owns most of the city. And he's very uncomfortable with this. He doesn't. He doesn't like being a watchman, but it's also his sort of identity, and so he's he's feeling pretty weird about it. The watch itself has been forced to uh, expand its t- intake into ethnic minorities, um, including dwarf, uh, troll, and woman, um, <laughs> who have who have joined the watch. Uh, Cuddy, who is a dwarf, Detritus, who is a troll, um, who we know, and Angua, who is a woman (laughs) and (laughs) they have joined the watch as part of like a a sort of outreachy kind of thing um and the watch is sort of you know that they're not a big fan um colon is kind of bitter about it he he says some some stuff and vimes is a bit grumbly um they're all racist of different in different ways (laughs) yeah they're all racist But Angua's very hot. She's got the big boobs. Um, this is mentioned <laughs> a few times. She's, she's she a real dog. Tits. Yeah, <laughs> she's got- it's like this is Angua. She's fucking stacked. <laughs> she's just stacked. And if you Everyone if you spend about any time, time looking at the book cover, which I'm sure all of us have, yes, yeah, boobies. Yeah, I like to look at it. Boobies. They they get called in early to try and sort out a parade where like trolls are going one direction and dwarves are going the other direction and there's going to be like a bit of a a skirmish. But Carrot goes and he sort of sorts it out using his massive charisma, which he's got, and like persuades them to sort of stand down and go home because he's just got that sort of power. Meanwhile, Edward Death, 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 uh, he tries to get all the lords to like get on his side and. I guess make Carrot the new king because he saw Carrot's um, profile and recognised it because it looks like all the old pictures of the royal family. He did some like um, long distance phrenology. <laughs> yeah, he did some some phrenology, and he's like, he's, "We got a king, and we can make a king." And they're all a bit embarrassed by him, and they're like, eh, "I mean, it's it's sort of fine. We don't really want to do that." Um, so he's like, "Fine, I will I will take it on my own shoulders and do my own stuff. I'm going to kill Veterinary." Um, he's an assassin, which I don't know if I mentioned. Um, and he's like, he goes and he does his postgraduate in assassination um, and passes with the highest grade ever, which, damn. 
pretty good. Um, <laughs> rise and grind. Rise and grind. Um, so there is an explosion at the Assassin's Guild. Um, the watch goes to investigate, and they can't figure out what's happened. But Angua, guess what? She's she's werewolf. Did you know? What? And she's stacked. I was aware. She's stacked and wolf. a werewolf. <laughs> a werewolf. Um, and she she goes to talk to friend of the show Gaspode, who is back dog, um, dog, and he's a talking dog again. Um, he Curse mentions that he he had it before, and now he's been spending too much time around the university, um, the wizard university, unseen university, and he is now beginning to think again and have conscious thought, which he's like you know he's not a big fan of, but it, it's happening. Damn, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. It's very sad that his whole like reward at the end of moving pictures just got you know reversed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how Terry is like, oh man, that dog, pretty good character. I can't believe I already gave him closure. Oh well, <laughs> he's just gone back yeah, again. This is, this is classic Terry. He just he says cannon. That's a thing you shoot. Big balls. <laughs> and it is like he does, you know, pick up where his story arc left off. Like he didn't like just say, "Oh, it didn't happen." <laughs> but it's still funny that it happened twice to, uh, to <laughs> the, the same, same dog. dog. Yeah, he even says yeah. that he's like, "This sort of thing happens to me all the time." Yeah, um, <laughs> it's funny. It's good, and I like it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, but he he talks to Angua, and he's like, "I know what you are," and she's like. Yeah, okay. Um, and he explains that he saw a guy who is obviously Edward Leith, who brought a dragon, which is one that's gone missing from the Sunshine Home of Dragons. Sun- Sunshine Home... Sunshine... Sunshine Sanctuary. Three. Sunshine Sanctuary for Sick Dragons, that's Yeah. It. Yeah, he sort of stole a dragon, put a mirror in it, so it so- thought it saw an aggressive dragon and then exploded itself, thus putting a hole in the side of the uh, Assassin's Guild. Um, and something appears to be missing, but we don't know what. Vimes goes in and he has a confrontation with Dr. Cruces, who doesn't want him investigating the crime scene, but Vimes produces a leaflet or a, a letter from his lawyer, which says that he does in fact own the Assassin's Guild by Freehold, so you know he can sort of do what he wants through his marriage to Lady Sybil. Cool. Um, he tries to trick Dr. Cruces into saying that something's missing, but he doesn't react, which is sort of more telling than just admitting that something was missing. And he's like, oh, there was a card or something here, but I can't I can't see it. Then, you know, they do some more guard shenanigans. Um, there's some training stuff. They, they spend a lot of time um, trying and failing to, you know, trench in dummies correctly. <laughs> um, <laughs> then they're not doing a great job. Uh, Colon does some microaggressions and some probably macroaggressions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yep. A dwarf appears in the river because um, Angua's like, let's go for a drink. And even though she's a human and the other two are a troll and dwarf, they're still attracted to her huge bazongos. So they're like, okay, we'll go, <laughs> I'll go for a drink with you. Listen, being attracted um, to like giant bazoombugas is a universal experience. Exactly. Is. Big, big naturals are quite <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that was like incredible. It's universal moments. maleness. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, uh, but on the way there, they see a troll that's been, I don't know, it's got like a big hole in its chest as if something sort of exploded and killed the dwarf. What is? What could this be? This is strange. 
So they go and get Vimes and, you know, they do an investigation. Meanwhile, we see that Dr. Cruces goes to Veterinary and he's like, oh, it's missing, it's been stolen. And Veterinary is like, why do you still have it? And Dr. Cruces is like, oh, we thought it would be a good uh, example of bad things. Um, and Veterinary is like, hmm, interesting. Um, <laughs> he's dismissed. Uh, Vimes turns up and is like, oh, I'm I'm investigating this. And Veterinary is like, no, you're not. You it's not in your jurisdiction because you found the body during daylight hours and you're the night watch, so you're not allowed to investigate. And Vimes is like, hmm. Obviously, this is Veterinary's plan. This is how he always motivates Vimes to do anything is by telling him he's not allowed to. Um, he's like a child. He re- just reverses psychologies. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> genuinely. Watchmen hate it. Uh, Vimes has a nice meal with friends. Okay, so it's, it's not friends. It's the no. sort of lords of the city who... Uh, Lady Sybil wants him to meet the right kind of people, by which she means the worst people, who are the rich people in Aunt Moorpork, and they have a dinner, and they're all just being racist. Um, and Vime starts, like, egging them on in a sort of, like, like in a, in a way to make them sort of be worse. Um, and he's, like, very, very mad. At one point, he, like, considers just, like, picking up a wine bottle and hitting them with it, but, like, luckily Carrot <laughs> arrives before then. <laughs> And is like, uh, you know, um, what? Oh, they find they found a cl- they found a clown in the river. Which on this yeah. April Fool's Day is very upsetting. It's, it's anti-clown prejudice. Um, there's so many anti-clown clown. jokes in this one. Like <laughs> when the clown dies and Death shows up, and then Terry keeps doing this aside. How so he clearly had no friends because clowns have no friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you reckon when you stab a clown? They make like a they make like a sort of anti car horn noise. That's rude. It That's ends really with like uh, Bino the clown saying, "Will yeah. there be custard pies, red noses, juggling? Are there likely to be baggy trousers?" What's wrong and with Death juggling? Says, Death says no, and then Bino says, "I like it." <laughs> I think the bad thing about this reality is that these people are forced to be clowns rather than coming to clown them naturally. You know, they all they all resent being clowns but in a in a just world you know you choose the path of clown um so you think it's actually clown positive but in the in the (laughs) sense that the positivity is that people need to be allowed to be clowns of their own free will yeah you know people have to make the choice to become clown Mm. this clown Um, says it's very hard to make friends in my job (laughs) yeah and my in mine as well um You know, I wasn't going to say anything, but it is really hard to make friends when you're a clown because everyone avoids you. Doesn't because you're too funny, you. yeah. Everyone yeah, is jealous like... of, of your uh, your <laughs> great japes. Yeah, they're like, this is just embarrassing. I don't want to be seen with you because people know how poor my japes are yeah. in comparison. <laughs> um, Carrot has also found like a little post-it that was at the um, Assassin's Guild crime scene, which says, gone. <laughs> But with two ends. Yeah, with two ends and an E. And he's like, "Oh, what? What is this? This? I think this was at the the Assassin's Guild. It looks like a little museum sign." And Vimes is like, "You've been to a museum?" Carrot's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I love museums. I went to the Dwarf Museum all the time." And Vimes is like, "There's a there's a Dwarf Museum." <laughs> um, yeah, it's mostly just different funny. dwarf breads. Yeah, it's mostly different breads. Sounds like a great museum. I would love to be at that museum. Oh, sounds um, pretty good. I would love to look at dwarf bread. They have a conversation about um, the royal family, and Vimes is like, "Oh, the city used to be better at some point." (laughs) I don't know. I don't know when. Not when they were kings. It was bad then. Um, Some guy who was called Stoneface 
basically killed the last king who was like a creep and a horrible guy. Um, we don't hear the last name of this guy, Stoneface, which is interesting. Um, uh, but yes, he, he killed he killed the last king and that was good. But also the city is, is a mess. You know, there's it's got no law. I don't know. Uh, he's sort of doing, oh, it was better in the old days sort of stuff. But they go to the dwarfs, um, the dead dwarfs, uh, what's it called? Workshop? Workshop? Yeah, workshop. He's, um, he did weaponry. Um, yeah, he built torture devices. He was a pillar of the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he did mechanisms, clockwork stuff. Um, <laughs> we have some, you know, cultural info. Carrots, like, you know, you can't use uh, dwarfs tools after they died that's sort of like taboo it's kind of it feels gross and bad um they have a look around and they find like a little a little metal disc in the wall which is interesting like what what could that be that's that's strange mm. meanwhile angua has turned into a wolf and she's running around doing her own sort of investigation oh. and carrot at one point sees her and gives her a little pet um i like to i think the way that um, Angua as a werewolf is characterized as just as a sort of large dog I think is, I mean is is that right? I always just think of yeah, which I think yeah. is just really funny like you know you have the whole twilight werewolf thing where they turn into these giant wolves who are like bear sized um, mm. and, and have like big old teeth and then just the thought of like oh I'm a werewolf it's my biggest shame and then you just turn into like a dog, <laughs> like a normal dog <laughs> <laughs> what if werewolves turned into some heckin' paparinos on the right XD? It's pretty good. That, I, I, I love the werewolf yeah. stuff. That dog is gonna do a big borsh. But what if she did it and killed her friend as a child? <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd have, we have to... That's not in this book. You have to go to the exposition desert to learn that kind of information. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the bit in this book where they go to the exposition desert. <laughs> <laughs> learn all about Edward Death's backstory. God, um, I would love to. <laughs> yeah, so he he sees Angora and he seems a bit down. Um, they did have a brief conversation uh, while he was walking her back to her place, where he was like, "Oh, you're going to stay with Mrs. Cake, but she has like undead customers, and that's creepy." Listen, I just wish the undead would go back to where they came from. <laughs> and- and Look, she's obviously am, upset by this. I am not racist against either trolls or uh, dwarves. I mean, I am basically a dwarf, um, but but undead. That's where it goes too far. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's pretty. I, we can discuss. We can discuss this later. But yeah, I think I think the prejudice stuff is pretty well done in this book. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not. It's, it's yeah. It could be worse. I think. <laughs> I think because yeah. he's trying to address it, it makes it slightly better than it does when like he's I think he's putting more thought into it than he did in some of the other books where he yeah. did like make jokes about it but then didn't really delve into yeah. the wider implications. And I think I think the reason why it works for me in this book, at least like in this third, is that he doesn't do like a one on one racism allegory where it would be like, oh, this fantasy species is a stand-in for like this specific type of real life racism because that's when it usually gets like bad uh but it's just really just more like how the interspecies relations work and what prejudices everyone has against each of them like it doesn't it doesn't do the um you know it, it's it's not like watching a racism psa basically it's just like really <laughs> character stuff yeah um well that's basically where we're in the book anyway uh vimes decides that he's going to investigate um 
even though he's been told not to. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of where we are. Pretty good, I thought. But um, yeah, there's some great moments in this. Do you want to hear what Patrick Rothfuss thought about this book? Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. I hope Janusz brings this no. up. <laughs> oh, do I? No, I don't. Does he think? Doesn't no one? No one's creepy enough to to um, Angura. What does he say? <laughs> I love to hear about Angora's Bazonga ghost. <laughs> so Frederick Ross has reviewed this twice. Oh, I didn't uh, see the second one. The first time in 2013, uh, in which he just like posted one big quote from the Boots theory and then says, things like this aren't the only reason I love Terry Pratchett. But they're one of the main reasons. Mm. And then he reviewed it the second time right. in 2015. And this is a more in-depth review. And, and in this one, he also added it to the bookshelf, books I would blurb. So I guess we can count ourselves like that it didn't happen. So <laughs> what does he, what does he yes, mean by books I would blurb? Is he saying like, oh, I would put a quote on the back of this saying it's one of the best things I've ever read? I think yeah, that's that's what I think it means. Yeah, like putting a quote. Like it, yeah, exactly. Being like, wow, best fantasy, good book. Yeah, I another great Effort. fantasy author enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, Patrick Rothfuss, fantasy author, love this book. Yeah. Make sure to put Patrick Rothfuss, author of Name of the Wind, on the blurb as well. That's important. (laughs) People should know. Mm. (laughs) And A Wise Man's Fear and unnamed forthcoming third book. (laughs) There's some some incredible content in this review. Like, I I, I skimmed it earlier because I thought, like, "Mm, is it even worth it to read it out? Uh, And then I saw, like, some... Oh, you're going to read the... I was going to read the... (laughs) Oh, w- mm-hmm. wait, what are you on? Wait, no, wait, you, you, you car- carry on. Yeah, this is, so this is his second review um, from 2015, in which he says, this is the second book in the City Watch storyline in the Discworld novels. And I have to say, it's probably twice as good as Guards Guards. Three. <laughs> All the characters are more fully realized and more compelling. What's more, mm-hmm. it's obvious to me reading now that Pratchett has a multi-book plans for the central characters, Carrot, Vimes, and Angua. That Ryers, okay. there's a T missing there, also has a pretty strong secondary arc in this one. And we see the beginning, there's an N missing, he spelled it B-E-G-I-N-I-N-G, or some of Pratchett's yeah. troll Vs. Du- Fantasy author. <laughs> troll versus dwarf mm. discussions that come to beautiful fruition in thought. This is where it becomes mm. wild. Carrot, still a focal character here, and he's interesting, charming, all that. But Vimes is consistently stealing the show. He's the Batman to Carrot Superman. I bet. <laughs> Pardon. I'm gonna murder Patrick. I, they might be Batman and Superman, but I'm becoming the fucking Joker. <laughs> Given I was that gonna compares, say this seems like a very normal review. This, this comparison makes no fucking sense. No, of course it doesn't. But then he goes on and says, Given that comparison, it's not surprising that Vimes keeps our attention more. Perfect characters just, like, just, just like aren't Batman. compelling in the same way. Carrot's what? not perfect. Carrot's, Carrot's not, not perfect. perfect. <laughs> he, he just did a racist. Yeah. <laughs> no, Carrot's perfect. He's, he's, it's fine. It's, it's rational and normal to be like that about uh, the undead. <laughs> <laughs> they are the undead. Right? Um, yeah, they're undead. That's disgusting. And there's, there's no further um, previous discussion of the undead and undead characters that show their actually perfectly uh, normal people in the books. Yeah, we've never seen Mrs. Really? Cake or her her boarding house before. We've never seen yeah. any other no. characters before. No. We're, who we'd empathize with. Before. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then the rest of the review is just part of me wishes that Angua's character and plot was bigger. Um, no oh, mention of her bonkaroos. Like her patatas. Uh, Patrick Rothfuss criticizing the female characters in someone's book is a bit <laughs> fucking rich. <laughs> it's honestly wild, yeah. Um, I Patrick, did... I wish any of your female characters had any plot or character. Mm-hmm. Even that's like just a fiddling and griping. Not every book can have everything, and this book has so much more than most. Excellent read, absolutely worth your time. <sighs> the Batman to <sighs> carrot <sighs> Superman. They're not even like Batman and Superman live. The, the point is that they live in entirely different cities and in their own stories. And every once in a while, they have like a crossover story. They're, they're not. They're not like a boss and their like sidekick main captain and their like cor- corporal. I guess yeah, like the yeah. highest ranking officer, whatever. What is what is it with like some people who read uh, comic books? And they just like that. And then suddenly comic books and superhero movies are like the only like lens through which they can view like, <laughs> their works of fiction. I like this. This world is probably the like, most influential pr- like property, like media property that has influenced me. Mm. Uh, but I don't, I don't ever constantly compare things to Discworld. Like I wouldn't, ne- I don't compare people to other, like other uh-huh. characters to Discworld characters. I do all the time. <laughs> I um, what I'm doing well, is I'm sitting down. I know. I'm I'm watching Sex in the City, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Samantha is such a carrot, whereas I do think that Miranda is far more of a colon. Um, and both of those were so wrong. Think but... about media. <laughs> Yeah, I've been watching um, the first episode of The Sopranos, and I couldn't help but think that uh, Tony Soprano is the Granny Weatherwags to Dr. Murphy's uh, Nanny Og. Yes, that's that's very much what they're like. That that that's their characters. Very accurate. <laughs> Got it. You nailed it. Maybe this is a good way of thinking about media. Um, is let's this, talk about. Is this, let's talk about carrot. Um, before oh. we do, I want to. Sorry, I have. Just there was a comment on um uh his first post where he talks mm. about this is the Captain Vimes's socioeconomic theory anyway. Yeah. And there's just like mm. the first comment on this back in twenty thirteen. So uh, this commenter says like, Oh, this is a great theory, whatever, he's a genius. And then says, <laughs> By the way, Mr. Rothfuss, our used bookstore has the occasional shelf, which are really small cubicles, labelled with an important author's name and contains only that author's books. Pratchett, for instance. Earlier this year, a shelf was given the name Rothfuss. It is always empty. (laughs) (laughs) I like how vague that is. Is it it like either they never, they they always sold out because their people are always buying them or is they never buy them? Well, well, it's a used bookstore, so people people would have to give them in. But she, she did add an edit. It says, I was asked if my comment meant that Mr. Rothfuss needed to write more books. Oh no, that wasn't it at all. I meant that if slash when his books come into the used bookstore, they go out so quickly that the shelf stays empty. He's written like two books. Why do you have a shelf? <laughs> yeah. I guess he also wrote like just short stories. He wrote the Rick and Morty comics. Oh yeah. I mean, the thing is, Ooh, like, yeah. as somebody who's worked in a used bookstore, yeah. you... We would have like one shelf for books on f- like film and like all film. Mm. 
ever. Yeah. And like we have a fantasy section and stuff, which is where Pratchett and stuff goes. But it de- <laughs> I can't imagine ever dedicating that much space to Patrick Rothfuss. <laughs> Maybe it's because people are always throwing their copies. Uh, they're like they're getting rid of their copies of, of his books. Yeah. A lot of them end up in the uh, wife's in the, yeah. the wise man's sphere in the in the book. <laughs> I will just read like one more comment on uh, on on his review by by someone who wrote th- th- this comment was written on September the eleventh. Um, oh, <laughs> never 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 forget, never forget. And this person writes, "I like your reviews, Patrick. So many snot-nosed, spoiler-filled rampages on here, but you leave me intrigued every time, <laughs> okay. without any pretentiousness." And when they, are, um, when they are written by somebody who finishes a book faster than a loaf of bread, that's quite a thing. What? what? Finishing what? a book fast is not I, I indicative take... of understanding the book more. No, that's, that, that's, that's fast. Fast is good. Big is good. Yeah, for the, large for the good. Goodreads more crowd, that's good. like that's, absolutely, that's, like that's for Goodreads users, like... that's absolutely the highest accomplishment you can, you yeah. can give someone to read fast. Yeah. That's why I watch, uh, I watch all the films I watch. Uh, every Coen uh-huh. Brothers film I've watched on two times speed. <laughs> because, I mean, come on, they're long. <laughs> they are. Come you on. Can so much more information, so much faster. There's, it's, it's not like filmmakers have a reason why they pace their movies the way they do. It's, um, no, mm-hmm. you just you just want to see the, the funny guy come around with a bottle yeah. of wine and uh, really quickly uh, hug the guy, and you're like, "Damn, I understood the the conversation of this uh, the con the con the content of this conversation because <laughs> because uh, all the timing was right and just as it was yeah. supposed to be." Which is this is another mm-hmm. reason. So I listen to podcasts. Um, I have like one headphone playing. Um, one podcast and another headphone playing the other so that I can listen to two at the same time. <laughs> um, That's, the ex- That's a good The experience hack. is so enriching. Oh. Are you also like playing a video game at the same time? Of course time? I am. Uh, maybe, watching a, a, maybe watching a movie on a on Yeah, there's screen. a movie, I'm playing a video game and I have two podcasts on. It's like, like we're, we're joking here, but like... with one hand, go with the other, and I've had both my ribs removed so I can see <laughs> <laughs> we're joking here but like i did bring up this polygon article a while ago right like about the guy whose marriage was so bad apparently that uh he got set up two different three different screens on two of them he him and his wife could play uh different video games while at the same time on the third tv screen that they have in the living room they could watch like a show uh which you definitely sent that to us i don't think i read it <laughs> It's insane. It like, like it, they have a lot to it, say it to frames it as like the, the article frames it as like a big life hack, but actually it just comes across how sad his marriage is. <laughs> I, and it was written so in twenty twenty one, like in the midst <laughs> of a global uh, crisis where people are even less likely to be able to afford three televisions in their living room <laughs> than it's they usually would. What do you got? Three TV licenses for that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, men at arms. Men at arms. Men at legs. Women yeah, at legs. We're going to talk men about tanks, right? Uh, yeah, I was, I was just saying I got the annotated men at arms thing here for like details. And I just wanted to say that a lot of Vimes' behavior is based on Columbo. Um, oh, cool. Yes! I love Columbo so much. I, I know cops cancelled, but I love Columbo. What a great I've show. Never seen any oh my god, you'd love Columbo. Columbo. Would I? Yes. It's great. 
It's this, it's this, it's this just, it's just a guy. He's just a guy and he loves his wife. I love my wife. Not just one less. It's like Vimes. Vimes also thinks his wife is okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about Carrot first. Um, Don't you mean Superman? Yeah. Carrot Superman. He's very funny in this (laughs) first part because, you know, he's still, he's still the classic carrot that we met in Guards Guards, but he's developed a bit now. He's a bit more like, good at being a watchman um rather than just doing in a naive way he's sort of knowing as well as he's simple but like less naive i think in this yeah yeah um like it says he's not uh, stupid he's just very literal yeah yeah Um, i love his letters home i think that's one of the greatest things any carrot scene where he was writing to his mum and dad i think is just wonderful (laughs) yeah i love when he's trying to be trying to be polite about nobby and it's like doing a lot of heavy lifting to say like anything nice about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a great bit where they're doing their um they're swearing themselves into the watch and they're doing the vows yeah. and um he's just memorized it but like with all the brackets left in and like <laughs> delete name here and insert name and he's just doing it with all those left in and he's still crying as he says yeah. it. <laughs> it's great. That, that scene is great it's also hysterical. because it is like from Angua's perspective. Uh, so it's like... Yeah. Angua is really like himbo rights, you know? She's yeah. like, this guy <laughs> is bizarre, but I, I'm i obsessed with him. Carrot says, it's going to be a white boy summer. Oh yeah, yeah, Kurt is Kurt is great in this one. Um, yeah, I love I love his investigation that he later does with uh, with Vimes. Like, there's mm. they have a great interplay, almost as good as Batman as Superman and Superman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Which famously one famously Batman and Superman are always like investigating crimes together. That's that's the thing they do. They love each other. Yeah. That's why that famous film <laughs> that came out recently with Jesse Eisenberg in it as uh. well was called Batman and Superman. It would never yes. be called something like Batman versus Superman. And why it was would they about fight? how they solved one crime. They, they were solving a murder. Yeah. They were collecting clues It was called Batman, Batman v Superman, and it's about how they scissor. Um. <laughs> 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 Batman versus Superman because Batman is a verse, um, uh-huh. and yeah. and it's it's about you know you know Superman's naturally a bottom, so it's like yeah, definitely he couldn't he couldn't top it'd be too much. No, but it, that's what the movie's mm-hmm. about. It's about their relationship and how they develop and learn to switch with one another. Yeah. Also, Jesse that's, Eisenberg is Superman. <laughs> Superman's got such a good character. Like he's very powerful, and uh, he he's just a really nice. Very cool. And the thing is that Superman is like a perfect character just like Carrot, whereas whereas Batman is the flawed character just like Vimes. So that's yeah, why everyone likes genders. Batman more, because Superman is just a perfect character. And the same thing is You're about is to be said about Vimes and Carrot. Uh, Carrot is really like so much more interesting character than Patrick uh, is able to pick up, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love her. I love that Patrick picks up on, on two of the things Patrick picks yes. up on in his review. Uh, one being the Vimes theory of uh, socioeconomic uh-huh. inequality as seen through Boots. Uh, as we know from listening to the excellent podcast, Growth Killer, um, Patrick Rothfuss apparently created a very complicated economic yes. system for his world. 
which then has no, no. mention or relation in the actual it text. It does not matter. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which uh, Vimes' theory doesn't directly in this in this book, but the, it certainly does have a class system in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess we can talk about that as well. Uh, there's there's a ton. There's and... a few things I want to talk about. Uh, the class thing is one, like all the all the rich mm. stuff. Uh, then I want to talk about the the way the crime mystery thing works. Um, okay. Mm. The the second um, thing I thought was interesting is that he uh, says, "Oh, I love these flawed characters. They're so much more interesting." Which is very interesting with the man who recreated crows. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, I mean, not to bang on about King Killer Chronicle, you get one, but it's like, yeah, there's this complex economic system, and he he attempts to be like being poor, like being in poverty is expensive. Like he, I'm pretty sure he says it explicitly in a less neat way than terry does he does um but then again like the main character just like decides to get rich one day and then does so <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's isn't that how it works yeah. <laughs> we pull yourself up by it's your bootstraps just... that's that's the patrick rossworth theory of boots it's the patrick does, rossworth yeah. theory of bootstraps yeah i guess we can talk about like, like boot theory and the entire class thing in this book um because yeah pretty famous it's very good uh the boots scene is obviously you know everyone knows the boots quote it's on many infographics yes. and jpegs that people post on it's social media yeah. terry pratchett famous guy uh, look at his background. i read can't yeah. believe can't believe he invented economic theory <laughs> um on his own no one else has done this <laughs> the, the one thing uh, missing from like that this. scene is uh someone to react with saying Oh, that sounds almost like a Captain Vimes's theory of socio-economic theory, and then he'd be like, "Oh, yes, that sounds yeah. good." And then someone else comes on with a BAFTA <laughs> for the writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and then somebody somebody uh, else then... comes in and says, "Actually, you should buy new boots. Actually, Why don't you buy new boots?" <laughs> and says, "I'm not called Carrot because of my red hair. It's because of the way my body <laughs> hangs from my shoulders downwards." <laughs> <laughs> Is this ontology? Um, um, so <laughs> no. <laughs> what was I going to say? Yeah, so I think it is really interesting because Vimes has been put in this position where he is now like one of the richest people in the city, <laughs> sort of by accident. Yeah, <laughs> which is very—it's very funny, really. I don't know because you know he has to sort of get used to it, but he's meeting all these lords and he really, really hates them. There's there's a great line in the earlier scene where the lords are talking to Edward Deeth, um, where it says like after the fall of the monarchy they did what the gentry always does, which is like rent, uh, <laughs> do property development, yeah. and like survive, and that just felt very true. <laughs> um, yes. For like all that there is no actual technical royal family in Ankh-Morpork, the sort of upper crust still survive and they still know each other and they still have like important roles in the guilds or whatever um mm-hmm. and it's it yeah just interesting i think it's um one of the things is like by terry terry dislikes paying tax and he often yeah. includes the necessity of a monarchy in his books at the same time you know he does not like landlords no <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a great bit in this where um mm. As well, where Vimes is like looking at them and he's like, damn, you know, they're probably committing all the real crimes. You know, it's 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 legal to have like 20 slum properties that you're renting out, but like it's almost illegal to live uh-huh. in one. Makes you think. That, that, was a, that was a great bit. Yeah, it's a good line. Yeah. 
Because yes, yeah, if you that, think that about was, that it, really that, that Elon Musk, <laughs> you know, maybe mm. maybe he's the real criminal. What? Maybe, yeah. but he. Maybe he. Is. But, but he I, I do doesn't... like his uh, like the observation about how like the the crimes that these people do are like so much worse than the ones we arrest. There's nothing you can do against them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yep, they're um, it, it's 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 acknowledging class and the ways in which. Yeah. Uh, the justice system, as rudimentary as it might be in Ankh-Morpork's system, doesn't really work for them. <laughs> it, works, sorry, yeah. it works for them, it doesn't work on them. Yeah, mm. Which is yeah. one of those... And it's one of the things that's a shame about the Watch being cops, because fundamentally the law doesn't work on cops either. No. Like, mm. they, you know, you get to hit people, you get to commit crimes, but you do it in the name of the law, quote-unquote. Um, mm. which I mean, I guess you could you could say that the Assassins Guild and the Thieves Guild might actually be a better representation of what cops so. are. <laughs> because I think so, mm, honestly, because yeah. especially at this point, the the City Watch is like five people, right? Yeah. Um, mm. and, and I don't know, like the, the one of the reasons why this uh, why it bothers me, like the cop stuff bothers me much less than in the show, is that they don't constantly do cool signifiers of copness that the show always does, right? Like, it didn't... <laughs> it, it's not like we have to watch montages mm. of them, like, suiting up or whatever. It's... <laughs> it's they, they really come across as being, like, very, very ill-equipped, just, like, mm. even financially, like, very underfunded, uh, which is the ex- exact opposite problem that real-life cops have. Well, in, in the UK, they are independent. Um, <laughs> well, they, don't have, they don't have any budget. Yeah. But they are still very much above resources. the law. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do evil stuff. Mm. They just also, there's like five of them. Yeah. Um, the Tories treat them like shit, and then, and then they're like, mm, yes, mm, I love being boot. treated like shit. They love it. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that that like works, I guess, better is that it's, it's kind of a Disco Elysium thing again, right? Like the... Most acclaimed scene in Disco Elysium, right, is the one where they have to tell the uh, the one guy who died, uh, and they have to find his wife and tell her that the, uh, your husband died. And that's like the kind of bit where you're like playing it and reading it, and you're like, "Damn!" I mean, even if like I don't like cops, right? But that's that's a job that has to be done by someone to tell the, mm. the relatives of a deceased person. And there's a scene like that in this one where Vimes is like this this is the most horrifying experience of my life where uh, like this is a, more horrifying than looking at the face of a dragon was uh, where mm. he meets like has to go to the dwarves uh, and talk to uh, what's the name of the dwarf who died? Uh, Hammer <laughs> something Hammer Axe Battle Shield yeah. or something it's dwarf name dwarf name <laughs> Mr. Hammerhawk. It's Bjorn Hammerhawk. Yeah, and then he's like, I'm not even sure which one Mrs. Hammerhawk is, right? Like, they're just all uh, looking at me like they hate me. (laughs) That Mm. was, I thought that was like a very effective scene. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is is the thing about cops. There are some functions the cops do, which like you absolutely do need in a society. Even some of the violent ones. Like if someone's on a mass shooting rampage you need some kind of like organized response from the society that 
like deals with that you need people to deal with violence it's just that it gets wrapped up in the in the sort of enforcement of the state on people as well mm. and yeah mm. yeah oh, well i mean the thing is like it's one of those things where it's like the people's conception of the police is like oh they look after you and they they solve crimes and they prevent crime and they you know what it's always a cab until you need one and it's like well yeah but no one does that like if something gets stolen the police don't find it for you you know they just give you a crime number and then you can claim whatever got stolen back on your insurance like my dad got his bike stolen and i was saying well did the police help or did they give you a number and he was like well, we've got the bike back eventually. And then I was like, yeah, but because neighbours saw people take it, and yeah. the community came together and you got your bike back, the police gave you a number. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah. then, you know, and there's things like if someone gets killed, you would like somebody to investigate that. But... Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need that. And you need um, you need some sort of organised, like, help... Uh, for people who are like suffering like domestic yeah. violence or something. Yeah, and I mean, I guess uh, you know, I guess you can say that this is all ide- ideology, right? Like the way this, the, the way ideology. stories about the police are constructed in ways that they seem useful, but at the same time, like reading this, it it felt so little like real cops. Uh, there was so little like. Hmm. Again, like the maybe it's just visual language that was worse in the show because the show like never let yeah. you forget forget that these are cops. Uh, I've definitely been thinking that that I think it's that, that I think the medium might yeah. might influence the message in some way again. In the the the, the, the uh. need the need to constantly show in an exciting way that these people yes. are cops, um, which of course you're only gonna you're only going to use uh, you're only going to show that using visual language from our society. Yeah. That we associate yeah. with cops. I mean, they, they didn't have to do it um, that way, though. The, in the show. And that that the, the fact that no, but they're going to take those sort of yeah. genre conventions, which are in turn derived from the actual like aesthetics of policing in the real yeah. world. Um, and and the need to make those exciting and fun and for pet characters we're supposed to like is gonna is gonna lend is gonna lend an exciting and positive yeah. air towards the the visual aesthetic of policing, which is something you don't have to deal with in. Um, uh, no. Yeah, I, I think it's like it's like it's like two things, right? Like it's that, like it's that the, the medium is the message. Like that's that's one of the things yeah. is that there are things that are like <laughs> conventions that you're gonna encounter a lot. But also the second thing is they do- didn't have to do that in the show. They could have made them made them less exciting. They could have like experimented with the form, but they didn't. Whereas like at the same time, there are, there are also books that are much more copy, right? Like there there are like you know all those like airport novels uh, or whatever like that for, sh- for sure i'm not saying yeah. it's just because of that i'm just saying that's that's like something comparing and contrasting yeah absolutely as you might in a book report between the, the show <laughs> yeah. and the books in which it is yeah. based but my, my yeah my point was just like reading this i i found it much easier and, and and not like in a way as oh i am just finding excuses to write to like terry right but it, it, i i found it much more natural to in good conscience like divorce this from like real life cops to be like okay this is a fantasy world Mm. yeah i do think he has a tendency to like push a sort of it's a very sort of british bobby style narrative Mm -hmm. of like oh the beleaguered cops where it's like oh they're just doing their best for the community but they're not appreciated which i sometimes find difficult 
like it rankles a bit when I'm reading it because it's obviously, you know, not true. <laughs> but I, I think he does sometimes. I mean, he might just be doing like, oh, this is the ideal cops, you know, you know they so, care yes. about this or whatever. But it does still sometimes feel to me like sort of propaganda adjacent, but for a sort of more British style community idea of a cop than to like an American more sort of like fun action cop sort yeah. of yeah. Um, cop apologism. It's policeman mm-hmm. plod on the beat. He's yeah. a nice old fellow and you meet him down the pub and he says, yeah. hello, how's your wife? Um, yeah, well, it's the yeah. kind of thing... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's all cop media kind of falls into that same, like, you like you have to frame a cop as the protagonist because it's about them. Like, and, and yeah. you can't do that. Even if you write a morally flawed character, they have to be redeemable and they have to be against somebody who is antagonistic and generally, like, evil, evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. so, like... Sometimes those, those hippies are really just sitting on the ground. <laughs> and they're, like, they're, they're, they're saying, I don't like you, you pig. And you're like, I, I'm going to have to beat them up now. They're sitting yeah. down in the road. They're sitting down aggressively. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they were sitting yeah. there in a way which made us have to beat them up. I guess in this, the thing is that Vimes is very, he's very cynical about being in the watch. Like he, he talks a lot about how they didn't do a lot and they really sort of didn't. Um, because again, like we said before, the the guild sort of police themselves, and so in this sort of fantasy reality, the role of the watch is sort of a bit—it's a bit nothing—and that was the whole point of guards, guards, mm. right? Which is like there is no purpose for the watch anymore. And then this is sort of trying to present that there is like a purpose, which is that they do like detective yes. stuff, which is what Vimes likes to do. Like he gets—he feels excited when he gets to do detective stuff. He's like, yes, this is what I like to do, which is sort of separate from like, you know, ideas of policing and that sort of stuff. But at the same time, you know, obviously, like a lot of real world detective stuff is also, you know, racial profiling. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there's that. And also like, you know, another like core ideological thing is like all detective stories, etc. We don't need to go through all of it. Um, You know. Every every person who has ever spoken about detective stories uh, and is a leftist will will have mm-hmm. like this tension because like the detective stories are fun to read still like despite all of that um, and it is I think it is in this case even though we immediately know who the bad guy is uh, um, yeah. what, still... Mr. Daddy Death <laughs> <laughs> the same Dead last name Death? as the mayor of Cardiff damn <laughs> ah. Yeah, again, uh, Terry said that this is because it's like Columbo, where you know who did yeah. the crime at the beginning, but you have to like watch him solve it. Yeah. And it I is... mean, Columbo is less about knowing. Uh, sorry, I-, I could go on about Columbo forever. Please. I'm not going to ca- carry on, Janos. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I thought, like, what, what, I, what I thought was a really cool concept in this book is that the first watch book, um, you know, very fantasy mystery. Uh, there's a dragon on the loose, uh, on the loose. Uh, someone conjured it, etc. In this one, it's the first ever murder in Ankhmore Pork. <laughs> <laughs> and it's framed like in a way as, of course, there's assassinations. Um, and there's a guild for that. And there's, of course, suicide. Like if you uh, 
if you insult a troll like in a dark alley or whatever that's that's suicide <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> suicide yeah but this is the first time a murder has occurred which i i thought was like a cool concept like yeah it's very funny they're like damn someone just is murdering someone for no reason or he's murdering them for some reason we don't yeah. understand and we gotta figure out like why mm. um can't there's wait to get into gun the, there's discussions. a hole in this dwarf this has never happened before What's there's, there's a on? hole in this dwarf. how did that happen he exploded um what could gone mean <laughs> what's gone 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 where that's not how you spell gone it briefly mentions the inventor of the gun who we haven't met yet but excited to see him um also <laughs> we we yeah, we are introduced to Bloody Stupid Johnson, one of my favorite recurring characters yes. who doesn't appear on screen. He's so um, good. The deranged landscape architect who just sort of makes things by accident by trying to make other things, which I think is great. <laughs> um, there's a there's a fish pond that is like a mile long, but only <laughs> five inches wide. It's like an it's inch like wide. Like an inch 100 wide, foot yeah. long by one inch yeah. wide. It has yeah, a single it's... trout. <laughs> it should only go one way. <laughs> <laughs> it used to have a fountain which a fountain which uh, rumbled for like thirty minutes and then fired a small stone cherub thousand feet into the air. <laughs> he has a he has a ho ho rather than a ha ha, which is very funny to me. <laughs> so good. And also, I like that they name drop Capability Brown, who was like a real guy. Like that's just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> He um, liked he liked grassy lawns with trees on mostly. Yeah, he did. <laughs> what if you had a grassy lawn with trees and then like some more trees but, in the distance? Yeah, and they're like, oh, this was designed by Capability Brown. It's like, how long did it take him? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think he he did um, Cardiff Castle. Yeah, <laughs> the in yeah. interior, and he was like, what if you knocked down that large piece of castle there so you could see through? The whole, like, <laughs> well done. Yeah, want to look want to look at the big field. Mm -hmm. Want to see it? Um. <laughs> Yeah, which is good. I love the veterinary stuff in this. Obviously, he's always great. Yeah. Always good to see him. But you know, he's just chilling in the garden, <laughs> having a nice time. He doesn't. He doesn't like gardens or gardening, but he appreciates that it's there. Yeah, things have to have their place. <laughs> he, he he likes uh, the bloody stupid Johnson stuff because it says that it like reaffirms his opinions about humanity, <laughs> which is very funny. <laughs> That's. That's good. So this thing has like a tube and a barrel and six chambers. What could it be? Uh huh. There, there's, there's like think... a triggering mechanism that is, uh, that is a tinderbox device. Uh, it's also described at one point as like very slim and like three feet long. Dildo. Or four feet. It is something. a Hitachi magic <laughs> wand with extending <laughs> capabilities. Oh. I was going to mm -hmm. say it was a prostate. Oh well, like we're so. on the same wavelength. Okay. <laughs> We we've all yeah. said the same thing. Good to know that this is a this is a comedy podcast for people who make funny. We want to talk about cars. Um, God, <laughs> not to not to go on another like tangent, but there was a, a this has this has been haunting me since since drill tweeted about it. There was a drill tweet that was like uh, actually r slash prune masturbation says that prune masturbation is better than regular masturbation and healthy for you. And I was like, okay, funny joke. But then it turned out there is like I have not known about um uh, about uh prone masturbation but it's like sorry what is prone masturbation it's if you lie down Just on your belly and like crank it that way 
Mm-hmm. Wait, so you like rub your yeah. you rub your dick against whatever you're lying on? Yes, and it's so apparently it's really hunting. really really bad for your dick. Yeah, it's well, it's well, I yeah, guess the friction. Like you'd be crushing. Yeah. yeah, but like I, you know, it's like something I would never <laughs> have considered. But then you go on r slash prone masturbation, and it's like a self help uh-huh. group of people who have been okay. doing prone masturbation but they know that it's bad for their health so they're like <laughs> sharing tips on how to do regular masturbation instead that's kind of I'm, beautiful i'm logging on and what advice is there other than so you know what you're doing just like roll onto your back and do the exact same thing <laughs> okay here's the first post on the uh, hot for prone masturbation okay the title is switching to hand <laughs> Um, the text of the thing is hi is there a problem masturbating prone and switching to hand before reaching climax <laughs> this is a good podcast day one you like? success on. i have been doing pm for 10 to 12 years and i have read that it can affect my sex life so today i tried doing normal hand masturbation yes i know that it would be better to take a break before trying but i tried it i used porn and oh boy it was really hard at some point, I lost my <laughs> That's erection, the point. It should I was be. so determined to continue. And after a lot of sweating, it worked. You have to want. <laughs> I don't understand the idea of like gearing yourself up and being like, "Fuck, I gotta, I gotta masturbate. I gotta fucking jack off now." Shit. Like, oh, if, no. you're, if you're if you if you're pushing that. it, go do anything else. Write a novel. I do know some stuff about pro masturbation <laughs> that I can tell you about. Well, listen, um, pro masturbation for people with not a penis is sort of anyway this is <laughs> I, don't I don't know probably it's probably okay. easier because there's less like protrusion from the front of you yeah probably mm-hmm. very little yeah it's just the problem with men is that it because of the way that it it does stimulation or people with penises it means that like you can it can make it harder for you to get off in like a normal situation ah yeah, um, if you're doing it too hard it can be it can be a uh, can be a sort of step down from the extreme sandpaper uh-huh. friction of the, the car <laughs> yeah well actually uh, you'll kind of it like it sort of causes dysfunction anyway um so, <laughs> what was it really what? weird I found I was looking I was researching some okay. boots because I was thinking of buying some new boots. Yeah, and you went to Reddit. And I don't know, I was looking up like reviews for a certain brand and someone I just found like this post from someone who had like gotten addicted to buying expensive boots and they'd spent ten thousand oh dollars on boots in two years. What the fuck? And they were like, This seems pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Reddit's a great website because I just remember that I have two penises, ask me anything column that was like, <laughs> he did, have, he two did have two and they both worked. Um, and it was very enlightening. Oh my God. I'm going to reread that after we finish recording. <laughs> no, that's odd. Anyway, I, um, I really liked the... Did they both come at the same time? Uh, I really liked the conversation that, or like the that, that dinner that... Vimes has with all those rich people. I thought this was like great characterization of how like Vimes became Joker mode at one point and started to <laughs> yeah start doing phrenology. Yeah. <laughs> he said that trolls have the the heads are too big, but um, dwarves' heads are too small. Yeah, and he was he was trying to get like a, a reaction. He was doing like a Sasha Baron Cohen bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some of these some of these prone masturbation uh, posts. Are kind of sad. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, I'm I'm putting this an embargo on the pro-masturbation conversation. He just consummated his marriage after seven months of being unable oh, to because bro. of my God. 
that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I can cause yeah, big dysfunction. That's sad. Um, just really sort of sandpapering your nerve endings who, off. I just thought it was why the people who are saying, oh, this was the way I, I have always done it. And I just learned that you can do it regular way. <laughs> What do you think they thought when people did like, you know, jacking off <laughs> motions at people and they were like, wow, what does that mean? Is that some sort of like, it's Sicilian, like, Italian, shake, Italian thing? Sh- like shaking a ketchup a- bottle, trying to get the ketchup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, put it on a hot dog. Yeah. Um, you know, once once you taste the, the sweet feeling of some extremely cheap carpet tile, you'll never go to <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I also enjoyed the conversation with the lords that Vimes has. <laughs> I thought that was a great bit of character development for Vimes, even if it does sort of fall into, like, I'm racist, but in an okay way compared to the people who are wrong in racist too much yeah. way. Um, he, is, he is less racist, but he's also still racist. He's still racist. <laughs> Yeah, it was like it was like yeah. I, I, did, I did like how it was like the 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 other the, like rich people were like, oh, I hate trolls. They just clobber each other in the head all the time, and they don't even have religion. And then Vimes is thinking they do have a religion, and their god is uh, created them by clobbering someone in the head. Like that's their religion. <laughs> it's like that's how they communicate. It's a very physical. Yeah, it's very physical. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, the dwarves eat dogs. And he's like, well, they eat rats, not so that they wouldn't really. They they eat dogs if they're out of rats, yeah. Yeah, and there's too many rats. I did think the dog thing was interesting as like a clue because I'm like, damn, does this have to do with um the the dog guild that we hear dog about? Guild. <laughs> so funny that scene because Angua <laughs> is like dogs. like when Gaspard mentions mentions dog guild, that Angua just like can't stop roasting him for that. He's like, oh, I do have, I do have a family, and they love me loads, and they feed me all the time. Um, they're just not here right now, and I don't spend that much time with them. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, also, I'm not in the guild because I'm too cool and I have the power. Mm-hmm. But don't worry about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which yeah. I'm excited. Uh, is that such a good dog- bit? There's like a, I keep, for- I always forget about the weird dog like subplot in this <laughs> book. Doesn't um, the dog girl come up later? Yes. Oh <laughs> yeah. There's a whole dog kill bit um in the end of the book. Uh so funny. <laughs> it's just good to see Angua. Yeah, um to see I, I love her. Um even though she hasn't done a lot apart from be kind of done with everything and be like, it's good to be a wolf in the city because people yes. are less likely gonna and having massive like, tits. kill you. Yeah, and having, having massive tits. Huge <laughs> yeah. At one point she's they're like they're trying to do longbow and she can't pull the bow back because her tits are too big. <laughs> Stupid. Oh, I didn't get that. Oh, one. yeah, it's like an Amazon joke. Um, uh, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, they cut one of them off so they could do a bow, right? <laughs> yeah. If you just maybe she needs to. She has she has Angua heard about sports bras? Mm. I'm not sure they exist in this world. Mm. Sports you could armor. Tie some. You could just use a binder, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Because at, at the moment they're they're having issues because she can't get a press. A breastplate because none of them are like big enough. Yeah. <laughs> that is like one of the first things which is said about yes. her. <laughs> they mention it so much. I completely forgot how often they. I think it's really it funny. Like if it, if it were like a gross Petro Grossfuss thing, I would hate that. Or like if it were like, I think if it just came up once, 
right like everyone would be aware yeah. then it would be like, then I would be like rolling my eyes at it but the way that it comes up constantly is i think makes it funny <laughs> again yeah i think also the fact that it's never actually it's very talking British. about yeah. it never actually says she's got massive tits it's no, just like no it doesn't constantly implying <laughs> it's just, well it's, yeah, it's like a jokes all the time it's that the, classic um carry on kind of humor <laughs> It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one point, on Kara is just like watching her, and Kara's like, "Damn, her chest is." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the camera zooms in like really shakily and yeah. from Carrot's face as his mouth drops open. It's like, whoa. He goes, oh, nurse, <laughs> <laughs> matron, nurse. <laughs> Yeah, even whoa, even whoa, Cuddy whoa. and the Tritus, even though they don't even like that sort of thing. It's so funny. <laughs> And then Carrot's chest, like, like his heart comes, like, expands and, like, bursts out of his chest. Yeah. yeah. His yeah, eyes like, do the zoomy, then, the zoomy thing. Yeah. If he was wearing yeah, a bow tie, it would spin around. The pupils turn into hearts. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and he, he has to, like, hold his hat on. I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think their relationship is very funny. Um, that was an incredibly funny line where it was, like, someone says, like, I think... I know, Colin says, like, Miss Angua, and then Angua is, like, Constable Angua. Carrot told me you mm. don't have sex on the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. There's, another, there's pure, a... Pure <laughs> there's another joke about truncheons that I can't remember that was, like, similar. Oh, yes. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Colon saying, like, doing the sort of drill sergeant thing, like, you will eat with your rifle, you will sleep yeah. with your rifle, and then she asks how to sleep jacket. with a truncheon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she says, how you sleep with the truncheon? Yeah, that's it. And then Nobby has a little has a little giggle. Um, mm. There hasn't been a lot of Nobby no. content, really. He's sort of very background at the moment. Um, probably because they're probably implying that a truncheon looks a bit like a dildo, maybe? Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah obviously. Yeah. Which is, I think, crude. We, on this podcast, would never make <laughs> jokes mark, about dildos. Podcast. No. It's such a cr- we did ignore that bit like 20 minutes ago. Less. Um, uh, speaking of Nobby, the one thing that I did like about, because he wasn't in it, but I, I did like how, um, like he wasn't in it a lot, but I did like how they, they did a callback to like guards, guards with like Sybil being like, oh, that lovely Nobby. Yeah, yeah. Then, that nice little man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. There's a bit yeah. where Vimes is like, we're dealing with a twisted mind, and Carrot's like, but Nobby's been with us the entire time. <laughs> to the Joker, he's normal. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Vimes is like, there are minds even more twisted than Nobby, and Carrot's like, no. Yeah, the whole twisted mind mind thing is so good. Like it comes up it comes up again later where it's like Vimes is trying to solve the case and he asks Carrot about how Carrot, do you think there is such a thing as a criminal mind? And then Carrot is like Oh, like cut me on throat, Dibbler. That he has a criminal mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, a true criminal mind. Really twisted. Some, mm. Someone really twisted. Someone real Joker. There is also what? a funny bit with with Nobby where um they they all go to the pub together and they all order drinks and they get three beers, one milk, one sulfur on coke with phosphoric <laughs> acid, and a, a slow, comfortable double entendre with lemonade. <laughs> 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 And that's what that's what Nobby drinks, and then Carrot drinks milk because he's a good boy. Yeah, of course, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's good. It's just a milk, just a milk boy. He likes milk. Yeah, it's good. What's what's the point of dildos when you can just go to okay. carpet right? <laughs> 
I just I just want to say that I hate that this is the thing this episode. Look, yeah, Yarosh brought it up. Yeah, I brought it up, and then you keep bringing it up. I don't know why. You know when you know when like I I'll tweet something and I say um, PM me if you want like the details. Um, what I mean is I want I want you to prone <laughs> masturbate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the morning, the AM, the afternoon, the prone masturbation. Articulate and prone you masturbation. when you got to fuck a carpet. <laughs> God. Okay. Is there anything else that we we got to add about this I'm first? Trying, there's not much. Is that by the Tritus and Cuddy have not been in it that much, I think, that we could. Yeah, they're you know. only like troll and dwarf so far, obviously. Yeah. We know Detritus mm. from the past, but yeah. Um, they'll have more stuff Cuddy. in the second half. Cuddy's a smart bit. ass. Yeah. And likes an yeah. mm. I do like how, uh, mm. how they're like always shouting, don't salute uh, to Detritus because he always hits, hits <laughs> himself unconscious. Yeah, that carrot carrot manages to like get them to stop arguing by getting Detritus to salute while he's holding Cuddy, and then they both <laughs> knock each other out. I think, um, I think out of all the characters in Discworld, Detritus is probably the most himbo. Yeah, ultimate himbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's big. He's strong, and he's stupid, dumb as yeah. <laughs> I like that. Not that I not not that you know I like him become a cop or whatever. <laughs> not not in no. that way. But I like how Terry like reskins him basically, like repurposes him. Like oh, here's an here's an old character that mm. I used to have fun with. What what if I put him into that city watch? <laughs> let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see how that changes up the dynamic. It, it's very funny because I do think that it's actually a, a strength of his where he's not going to be like I'm just yeah. going to invent NPCs for you know for every new situation i'm just gonna if i have a a character who sort of already exists and sort of sort of works then i'm just gonna like adjust them so that they fit into the situation (laughs) i'm not gonna bother with like inventing new ones yeah i keep thinking about you know he's like what what if what if gas bird (laughs) exactly what if detritus yeah i keep thinking about whether uh terry has like great world building or bad world building because like I think I think it's Both. great world building, but yeah, you could make an argument about how Terry's world building is kind of wonky because he sometimes just like retcons things for a joke or like. I think that's. But good. I think it's good. I, I think, think that's good. Like, world I building. think he does like the exact amount of world building necessary, and like you know s- stuff such yeah. as like Leonard of Quirm or um, Bloody Stupid Johnson, like them, just like th- this, this like lore characters basically just like popping up every once in a while uh again just like yeah. really enriches the world and also like with the minor characters who will then become major characters later or uh you know major characters like popping up in other stories as uh as minor characters i think it works really well like i think i think he puts his world building to where it matters <laughs> other mm-hmm. than like rather than like <laughs> coming up with complicated magic systems or whatever which can also yeah, be well- fun but like it's but, not what yeah. the, what's important to yeah. him, obviously. That's yeah. ner- that's nerdship. Just have some fun. And every time it does happen, I clap my hands like a seal. Yeah, yeah. As his right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just good. I it it makes it feel very lived in yes. as a world. I think you know. Yeah. It doesn't feel like someone's inventing it. It feels like the world sort of exists and all the stuff is happening, and then we're sort of visiting it. I think that's how it always feels to me. He's having fun. And like creating 
a feeling and an atmosphere instead of like designing a world like it's a like it's a video yeah. game which mm. i like yeah I, I really like how the there's only like that much characterization that some some of them like there, there's going to be like some characters who have like one character trait and that's enough for them like it's it doesn't feel like you wrote out entire character stories for everyone. It's like, you know, there's there's some characters who will, he will only just have for a joke. And that's that's enough for those. Like, and I, I think that's really, it, it works really well. Like, Yeah, mm. that's what makes it a good story. Yeah. <laughs> Having yeah. characters that are there for jokes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, 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 I mean that, though. It's mm. a good book. It's a good book. It's um, good. I, I really enjoy it. I'm excited it. for the rest yeah. of it. It's one I never really remember a lot from, um, for some reason. I think just because the later ones have so much more of, like, a distinctive yeah. story, you know, because they take places, like, elsewhere or partially elsewhere or they have such, like, a complicated or interesting mystery. Whereas this one, I think because the mystery is just, like, guy get gun, guy shooting people. Yeah. Um... I, mean, I, I it doesn't yeah. tend to stick in my mind as much, but it is good, and I it yeah, is like I I think it's good. Not to give it to hand it to what uh what Patrick said, but it does feel like a big step up from guys guys already. And yeah, yeah, the writing yeah. is better, and and for the plots, like it it does it just it just does because I haven't read all of the Watch books, but like from the ones I've read, it does feel like they uh, they're continually improving, and it's I think it's just because like you know. Terry had to teach himself how to write good mysteries, right? Or how to write uh, mm. how to write good stories with with all of these with this cast. Like he, you know, by by the time we get to like the fifth elephant, that's you know that's one of my favorites because that's like pretty solid mystery on that, <laughs> or like pretty good like mystery stuff. Which ones haven't you haven't you? I read haven't them? read Thud. Uh, <sighs> I haven't read is Jingo a Night's Watch book? I haven't read that one. Yes. Ooh. Yeah, and I haven't read. Uh, Big boys I, ahead of you. Oh wait, that's is Snuff a Night's Watch book? I don't know. Yeah, that's like the last yeah, one. I that one. I completely forgot about Jingo until you mentioned it. I just wipe <laughs> it from my brain every time. Um, <laughs> because I have read Terry Pratchett's. I have read Feet of Clay, which is the one before it, and Fifth Elephant, which is the one after it. I just haven't read Jingo. Not not yeah. on purpose. Oh, Those are also very good. I love Fifth Elephant yeah. so much. Yeah. Okay, any more points on this? The first third of Men at Arms. You know, this book is so good, it makes you just want to lie down on my (laughs) 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 Really good. If this book was made out of carpet. (laughs) (laughs) This is an awful awful bit. <laughs> this podcast now being renamed Who Fucks the no! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Going to the hardware store and spotting the carpet samples oh right God. next to the sandpaper. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank you for listening. <laughs> to this episode of Who Watches the Watch. Next week, we'll obviously be reading part two of The Many's at the Armsies. The ladies um, of legs. But, yep, ladies of legsure. Um, non-binary folk with limbs. <laughs> exactly. non- non-binary um, folks with looks. With an X, folks. Yeah. yeah, with Lex. It's folks with um, an X is so cool because folks with KS, there's no gender in that. So I don't know why. No, folks with a... Uh, honestly, when anybody types folks with an X, I feel like it's a microaggression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> gets the concept. Yeah. Of right words normal. <laughs> just just call, just say people, you weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm starting a I'm starting a Pick movement to replace spot. all all vowels in every language with, with It notes. would be more gender neutral. No more vowels. Uh, no more yeah. vowels, only X's. Mm. Um, everyone sounds like insects. I'm a podcaster, but with an X instead of the A. That's the gender neutral term for podcaster. Jesus Christ. You sound like an insect. If you want more of this, you can you can donate money to our Patreon, which is a website where you can give us money if you don't know what a Patreon is. Money! You give us money, we're taking it straight down to the car. If you give us if you give us one currency a month, then you can get access to all our bonus episodes, which includes fun stuff about various things, including Neil Breen movies, Lord of the Rings cults, and uh, up to date episodes of Heartspell, the young adult fiction novel comedy thing that we write every week. If you don't want to give us money, that's really rude, but you can still listen to that, but like pretty far behind on Heartspell and Mortal Incantations podcast, which is public. You'll be um, missing out. Well, you can give us. Yeah, it's really good, and you need to understand all the jokes we make about it on the main podcast. That's right. This is gatekeeping. <laughs> we are cast like gatekeeping girl bossing this. As you should. Um, as we should. And if you want, you can give us five ish currency and have your name shouted out like these people. Oh, Terran. Wow. Uh, big flat hey. bunt. Wow. Boyfriend oh. of the show, Tom A.K. Hang the Tank. Wow. Justin Crandall. Wow. Milk succubus. Wowie. Huh? Rise and grind memes for side hustling teens. Mama and Mia. Evan DM. And an extra special Ooh, shout out to the uh, everyone on the 10 year old Bjorn Strong in the Arm levels, uncles of the show, Carrot Lime, uh, Slime Simon, and Ooh. Sarah McClintock. Sarah McClinton. It's more like Sarah McGeneres. I was, <laughs> was, the other two people I was on thinking that, on like that. yesterday, maybe I'm going to read the names in the re- in a reverse order today and then I completely forgot. So next time. Next time I'm going to mix up the order. Yeah, just give the audience a little thrill. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> we love you all. Uh, thank you for the money. money. Um, send, it's me, good. Uh, send me pictures of rug patterns. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that solicitation. Um, if you, actually, if you guys can send me pictures of your feet, you could be barefoot. You know, you could uh, just yeah. like standing on the floors in your house. Um, I'm, I'm interested in the feet. I promise. Out the feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the feet pics that I'm after, not the car. Yeah, um, please stand on the car. Why sending them? If you're on wood, I don't want to see it. I, I'm just saying um, this because otherwise you will get a cold, and I don't want that. I'm just just saying it for your safety, yeah. for your yeah. health. Yes. Anyway, and thank you for listening. Until next week, <laughs> this is who watches the watch. And um, Beyond Strong in the M is my uncle. The um, my shoot uncle, me with your uh, rhythm stick. Rest um, in peace, uh, Mr. Yeah. Hammerhawk. Granny Weatherwax says fuck turfs, and coming the M from Dibler says fuck carpets. Fuck carpet. Uh, <laughs> grow oh grow something. Uh, fuck carpet. <laughs> fuck carpet. It's um, an instruction. <laughs> it's an instruction, not a comment. But, um, no, but for real, masturbate r- normal with your hands. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
f- for real, that guy who managed to consummate his marriage after seven months. Uh, I'm glad you. for you, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy for you. I'm uh, sad for your carpet. Okay. listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details <laughs>